It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we talk about your Atlanta Braves every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Check out my bio there to see everywhere I am covering the game of baseball, including the Atlanta Braves in written form over at tomahawktake.com. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at lockdown underscore Braves so that you can be part of the conversation Please subscribe to us on YouTube and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And thank you for making Lockdown Braves your first listen each and every day. We post episodes daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday. And if you haven't already, go back and look, listen to the postcast from last night that me and Grant did recapping this very game we're going to talk about today. And yes, the Braves do get a win. They're not going to go 0-162 as some of you were yelling after the opening day loss. They do get on the board. They even up their record at 1-1 one one after a 7-6 win on Friday night. A lot closer than it should have been, but they do get the W, and that's all that really matters. Early on in this game, I thought it was very key. I thought the Braves took advantage of a young pitcher on the mound who was struggling with his command. But these were much patient, better at bats all around from the Atlanta Braves than what we saw on Thursday night. And, you know, perhaps a little understandable being pumped up for opening day, the World Series celebration. Can understand that. Also a much better pitcher on the mound in Tyler Maley. So, so all that considered, I thought the at-bats by the Atlanta Braves on Friday are the at-bats I'd love to see from this team when they are really in a groove when they're really seeing the ball well, hitting the ball well, putting up tons of runs like they did tonight, seven runs, that's a big number. It's going to win you a lot of ball games. They're having good at-bats. They're getting deep into counts. They're working walks. And the Braves had a little bit more luck tonight with balls just finding holes and getting through. They also had a bit of unluck as well. Continuing tonight, they had five balls hit 100 miles per hour or harder, and only one of them went for a hit so they could have done even more damage on Friday night the ball is absolutely dying out to left center field and there were several balls again hit there on Friday night some one by the Reds as well uh, that I thought was gone and it's probably a home run in the summertime that did not go out on Friday I think mostly because of the weather another very cold evening 
But going back to the second and third inning in this game where the Braves did all their damage, scored all their runs, scored two in the second, three in the third. Um, TDA had a ball hit off Mike Moustaka's glove that trickled into left field, scored the first runs. Braves also had a couple of close calls go their way. You know, part of that is just that the Reds pitcher was struggling in this. They were also, again, just really close calls. These calls seemed to go against the Braves on Thursday. They went for the Braves on Friday. That's just the way the game goes. Sometimes you had Ozuna inside out a ball the other way that that snuck through the infield for a hit. So, again, even though the Braves still were unlucky with some of their hard-hit balls, they were putting the ball in play more regularly, particularly early in the game finding some holes, and were able to break through for those seven runs in the second and third innings. Um, Austin Riley, to me, he did not have a hit in this game, but I thought he had two of the biggest at-bats. He fell behind 1-2 in the first inning and then worked a walk, laying off a 3-2 slider, a pitch that a couple of years ago he would have absolutely swung and missed that. And this is the stuff we started to see last year, and it's what I talked about. I want to see if that continues into 2022, and it's two games, and I get that, but he is still just has a great approach at the plate right now. He's laying off some of those tough pitches down and away, and he got the five-run third inning started with a walk after he fell behind 0-2, and then again took another 3-2 slider that was really close. Honestly, could have gone either way. It looked like maybe it nicked the outside corner, but again, a pitch that never really had the plate at all. And again, with the Reds pitcher being erratic, he's not going to get that call. That got that third inning started, would end up being a five-run inning. So I thought he had two big at-bats, the second one, the walk to start the third, obviously the much bigger of the two. But what I'm just watching for, what I'm looking for with Austin Riley this year is is he continuing those good at-bats? Is he recognizing those pitches and able to lay, lay off of them? And again, through two games, and it's just two games, he still looks like that Austin Riley that we saw last year. And that is really, really exciting as a Braves fan to see him continuing the trend that we saw last year and can just continuing to have better pitch recognition, being able to lay off those. And he hit an absolute rocket in the eighth inning that went right to the left fielder. I think it was the second hardest hit ball of the night at 107 miles per hour. Just a line drive shot. The left fielder didn't even have to move. So an unfortunate result for him there. But had two walks, had that line drive. Uh, unfortunate result, 107.2 miles per hour. Again, right at the left fielder. And then we got to talk about Matt Olson. A three-hit game in his second game as an Atlanta Brave. He's now been on base five times in these first two games, showing Braves fans what he can do, the type of player that he is, the type of hitter that he is. He had a double that he poked the other way to beat the shift. He hit a ball, the hardest hit ball of the night, the only ball hit harder than the one I just talked about with Austin Riley. He hit a ball 107.6 miles per hour, at a 24-degree launch angle, it had an expected batting average of 990, and it died in left center field. I'm telling you, balls are just dying out there right now. I think the Braves would have five more home runs if not for the weather this weekend. That ball is gone a lot of times. The majority of the times, that ball is gone. About a month from now, that ball will be 10 rows deep 
in left center field. Just an amazing swing, a beautiful swing. Great play by Nick Senzel as well in center field to track that ball down. He took an amazing angle to get to that ball. But some really good swings from Matt Olson. You also saw him drive a line drive that beat the shift. He snuck one through the shift later in the game as well. I talked about uh, that one he took the other way. So just great at bats from him in this. And you, like I said, been on base five times in the first two games, taking two walks on opening day, getting the three hits on Friday night. So great start for him, which is huge. We talked about it coming into the season. It's so important for him to get off to a good start, you know, for his sake, coming to a new team. Uh, I know it's not necessarily a new city to him, but a new city for his playing career, a city that he's got to win over, fans that he needs to win over, replacing a face-of-the-franchise type player. It's so important for him to get off to a good start, and I think he has through two games. Still waiting for that first home run. Again, I thought he had it with that ball that he hit tonight, but he will get there eventually, keep hitting the ball as hard as he is right now. I think he's had the hardest-hit ball in the first two games. He had a 113-mile-per-hour ground out on opening day, and then this 107.6-mile-per-hour fly out, line out, whatever you want to call it, on Friday night. So he's definitely hitting the ball hard, showing us the Matt Olson that we all know he can be and why Alex Anthopoulos went out, traded him, and signed him for eight years. While the offense was loud early, the pitching was great mostly throughout on Friday night. I'll talk about the arms that shine the most on Friday after this. This is the time of year. By now, we've all given up on our resolutions. But thanks to Built Bar, you can continue these all year long because Built Bars are great for you and they taste great as well. Most of them only contain about 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a typical candy bar, which can be anywhere from 200 to 300 calories. And these Built Bars taste just as good, if not better, then a candy bar, especially if you get some of my favorite flavors out there like the peanut butter brownie and the cookies and cream. Those are the ones that I am always keeping stashed near me. They have come, they're coming out with all tons of great flavors all the time over at Built.com. So go there now and while you're checking out, use our promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Please make sure you're doing this. Use our promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off at Built.com. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. On the mound Friday night was Charlie Morton and the leg looks good. That's your report right there. The leg looks good. Obviously, the last time we saw Charlie, 
He was leaving the mound in the World Series after striking out Jose Altuve on a broken leg. And it was just great to see Charlie back out there and doing Charlie Morton-type things. I mean, you really don't expect much else from him at this point, but he was really sharp in this game. He had a perfect game going through four innings. He had he'd retired every batter he'd faced through four innings, and then Joey Votto got a, a weak little single to start off the fifth inning, as it seems like every Reds hit in this series has been a weak hit. But he looked fantastic. He ended up giving up a run in that inning. Nixon Zell hit the hardest ball of the night off of Charlie Morton for a double. He, overall, Charlie, five and a third innings, two hits, one walk, two earned, and five strikeouts. Um, A.J. Minter came in and gave up an inherited runner. Inherited runners are a little bit of a problem here early on in the season for this bullpen, but two games, we're not going to overreact to that. But just wanted to make sure I make it abundantly clear, Charlie Morton was fantastic in this game, and it's going to be so great having he and Max Fried go back-to-back in this rotation. What it does for me and what it does for the team is that you know most likely if your team's in a rut and you're on a losing streak, it's going to be hard to get through a rotation with one of these guys not at least giving you a chance to win a ball game. And that's a great feeling as a team, you know, as a fan as well, knowing that you know once we get back to Max and Charlie, you know you're going to get a chance to win a ball game. These two guys are going to be stoppers for this team all year long. And it's the only second game of the year. I'm not saying this was a stopper-type outing for Charlie Morton, but in a way, it it was. I mean, you want to get that first win of the season. You don't ever want to go into a season losing you know, four or five games in a row, as the Braves have done recently, and it still worked out well for them. But you still want to get that first win as quickly as possible. Charlie Morton gets it done on Friday night, and just a great outing for him. As far as the bullpen goes, you know, Brian Snicker wants to get all of his guys some action early on, get them in their first games. You saw that bringing in Colin McHugh, Spencer Strider, Tyler Thornburg on Thursday night. On Friday, he brings in Mentor, Will Smith, Tyler Matzik, and Kenley Jansen. We'll get to Kenley Jansen in a minute. Mentor came in after Charlie Morton. I talked about he gave up that inherited runner. Was not a great performance for A.J. Mentor. I didn't think he was very sharp in this one first outing of the year um, but he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't great he wasn't the great AJ mentor we're used to in this one but he'll get that worked out I thought Will Smith was probably the best reliever of the game tonight he looked really good in his outing Tyler Matzik was uh, good as well but I thought Will Smith was the best one coming out of the bullpen on Friday night and then we get to Kenley Jansen and it's a seven to three game going into the ninth you all know what happens when you bring in a closer in a non-save situation. It typically doesn't go well, and things did not go well for Kenley Jansen on Friday night. He walked the first battery face. Joey Votto, again, just getting on base, annoying at bats, doing what he does best. So Jansen was a little erratic to start his outing. You can kind of understand that. His first, his first appearance on a new team, you know, hasn't pitched for anybody else but the Dodgers before, so you can understand some nerves there pitching in front of a new crowd. Um, and I'm sure there's already fans out there ready to cut bait and get rid of Kenley Jansen and wondering why we spent $16 million on him. Look, it was a bit 
of some unfortune in this one. A lot of what we saw for Max Freed on Thursday night. He didn't give up a ball that was hit harder than 85 miles per hour. You had Farmer who just hit one at like 54 miles per hour that beat the shift the other way. That one was really tough right there. So just some, a bit of misfortune for Kinley. I'm not worried about it. The stuff looked good. Again, he was a little erratic to start in the outing, but everything that he threw, I mean, had movement on it, looked good. I'm certainly not worried about him at all, but this game got way more interesting than it should have. Again, a 7-3 game going into the ninth inning ended up being a 7-6 game. The Reds ended up bringing the go-ahead run to the plate and leadoff man Jonathan India before finally getting the final out and closing out the first win of the season. Tomorrow, the Braves will send out a breakout candidate to the mound in Kyle Wright. We'll talk about what he needs to do to get the Braves their second win of the year. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info from all the latest odds, contests, and player props. You name it, they got it. Bet Online remains the best spot for all your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all the leagues this season, including Major League Baseball, which obviously is now underway. And it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sport wagering information needs, including live betting in your favorite Vegas casino games. Got the Masters as well this weekend. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. On Saturday, you have Kyle Wright going up against Vladimir Gutierrez for the Reds. And Gutierrez has had a, had a couple of really good starts against the Braves last year. He lasted six innings in both of his outings against the Braves. So don't sleep on this guy. You look at his overall numbers, and they were not fantastic last year. But you know he's capable of giving you a quality start when he goes out there. Again, it's the same situation for me as it was on Friday night. Be patient. Work these starters. Get into that middle relief for the Reds. We've seen their guys at the back end, some young guys throwing really hard. They looked really good. In fact, the Braves hitters struck out eight times, six times in the last three innings of the game on Friday night. So the Reds have some big arms coming out in the back of that bullpen. So make sure you get to these starters early. Get to some of those middle relief guys like Jeff Hoffman who came in for the Reds on Friday night. That's still the goal for this Braves offense. Get some early runs. Get into that bullpen early and keep adding something they didn't do on Friday. Keep adding throughout the game. But the storyline for me on Saturday is quite obvious. I think Kyle Wright is one of the biggest keys to this entire season for the Atlanta Braves. Having another starter step up in this rotation is very key for the Atlanta Braves' success throughout the regular season. Hopefully, Ian Anderson, Max Freed, Charlie Morton are healthy all year. At the top of this rotation, they make 32 starts. That's what I'm hoping for. That's not a reality. And... Could it happen? Yes, and I certainly hope it does. But more than likely, one of those guys is going to go down for a period of time, and they're going to need somebody to step up in this rotation, and I think it's Kyle Wright that can do that. Beyond that, it's just time. 
it, it, it is time. This is Kyle Wright's opportunity. He knows that. We know that. This is his chance to prove that he belongs in this starting rotation. You know, he's going to get a long look in this starting rotation. It's not going to be like it shouldn't be like in the past where he's just up for a spot start here or there. You know, he has a bad start. You send him back down. He should get a long look, and I hope that he does. And we just need to see consistency out of him. We need to see the Kyle Wright we know he can be, the Kyle Wright that he was in the World Series, the Kyle Wright he was at Gwinnett last year, being confident with his pitches in the zone, working that sinker. I go back to his last spring training outing that I watched, and he just seems so confident right now. And I know it was a spring training outing, and he's even coming out of the bullpen, you know, pitching to minor league guys later in the game. But just looking at his mannerisms on the mound, I think Kyle Wright finally believes in himself. And why wouldn't you after what you did against the Astros in the World Series, the best offense in all of baseball last year. So I want to see more of that from Kyle Wright. I want to see him a confident Kyle Wright on the mound. I want to see him work in that sinker in the zone, creating weak contact, getting ahead in the count, being the pitcher that we thought he could be. So that's what I'm watching for on Saturday's game. But that will do it for this episode of Locked On Braves. Make sure you follow us at Locked On underscore Braves, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 